0: Why hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace.
1: Here we
0: go, episode
1: number 45 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, back again another week. Max J. Super producer, Nixie, we're all really excited to have you in today. We're going to be going over some divisional breakdowns as well as reports from around the realm. Gentlemen, how's it go? Peter, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to hear your voice. My voice is a little different this week. Uh, stuck at home in Central Jersey. It does exist for all those uh, non-believers out there. Uh, and my mic is still in Philadelphia, so I'm having to use headphone headphones mics today so
2: hey it's the struggle is real the airpods each and every week i do i did order the dongle that i needed for the old blue yeti so my voice is about to be coming in real clear and crisp moving forward after the the dongle lands in my mailbox so more to
1: uh, more to happen on that super producer how are we feeling
0: locked in ready to hear what you guys thoughts are um my favorite division in football afc north so i'm pretty hyped up for it if you can't tell i'm kind of came in with a little low energy there but <laughs> i am excited
1: yeah that was the uh the biggest enthusiastic hype up i've ever heard nixie you should tell me more about astrophysics and and other sorts <laughs> of uh super exciting things all right um yeah, so on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the AFC North as well as AFC South, rounding out our AFC breakdown. Next week, we'll be doing the NFC East, NFC West on the show, so stay tuned for that. Before we get into the, the show, I, I did want to mention we haven't been talking about other sports on the pod much the past few weeks. Wanted to congratulate the Golden State Warriors. I know a lot of Clevelanders out there do not approve, but it's better than Boston winning another championship, so I'm happy about that. With the NBA in the rear view, I want to just get your little touch point on that. What you guys felt about the NBA finals and who you're predicting to win the NHL playoffs coming up, the Stanley Cup.
3: Oh, I love talking NHL, Peter. I, I don't know what it, I NHL playoffs have probably been my second favorite sport to watch more so than the NBA finals this year. Way um, better. Way better. A lot, like a lot of energy. Um, to touch on your first question, I, I'm fine with the Warriors winning. I respect what Steph Curry has done for the league. I think it puts him as a top ten player overall. Honestly, I don't know what your guys' take is on that. Um, the rest of the team, though, can't stand them. Draymond, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, like it's a it's a terrible organization. Steph, I don't I don't mind Steph, but the Stanley Cup abs in
1: five Avs in five, and we're sitting currently sitting two one as. Correct. Abs At the, the time, time of recording. Correct.
2: Okay. Yeah. To, to answer the second part of it, I don't watch any NHL whatsoever. At least in the past, I've always enjoyed going to hockey games in person. I think that's one of the best sports, if not the best sport to watch in person. Nothing like seeing some people drop the gloves and get after each other. But uh, yeah, I haven't been into the finals. And uh, I didn't catch much of the NBA finals either. Some sports guy I am. But I've been locked in on baseball. But uh, Steph Curry, man, used to hate him, absolutely used to hate the man back in the day, especially back in 2016 when I was living in Cleveland. We were uh, coming back from a 3-1 deficit. I mean, I really hated that man. But now, you know, cooler heads have prevailed. He's no doubt a top 10 uh, all-time basketball player. If not, you can make an argument for top five, I'm sure. I mean, what the man has done to the game itself, he's just changed it, revolutionized it, and he's capitalized on it. So. Congrats to him. Congrats to the Warriors. I'm with you, Max. Though Clay, Draymond, the rest of them, they can they can kick rocks.
1: Dude, Draymond's the best villain in all of sports right now. I, I love it. I always love rooting for the villain. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he's a you know wannabe Dennis Rodman, if you ask me. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it's all an act. That that's the thing, though. It's all an act. And Dennis Rodman was real. Like that was not you, fake. Yeah, Dennis was too real.
2: If anything, honestly, <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> But no doubt, yeah, want to be, uh, want to be Dennis Rodman.
0: Yeah, man, I you know there's a lot of pleasantries coming from Jason Max. I, I cannot say wow. the same for me, man. <laughs> I just absolute sickness seeing the Warriors win. Um, <laughs> mainly because it ties their their whole core. They they all have four rings. Ties Mr. LeBron wow. James. So that's probably the main uh, point of contention for me. I really I hate them so (laughs) that was a sad day for me he slaps the h
1: the h label on him
0: yeah yeah i hate him man all of them even curry like it's (laughs) i sent uh i sent a little song in our group chat i'm not going to say what the title of the song is but uh it's expletive steph curry popular song profanity profanity steph curry yeah that's 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 kind of where i'm at and as far as the uh nhl finals i i have not been watching any hockey i don't really watch hockey to be honest but I guess I'll just go with Max's pick go with the avalanche in five
3: um real quick if you're looking for I love to bet on NHL I think it's one of the most electric things to do bet responsibly of <laughs> course but if, if you're looking if the game hasn't started you're listening please bet Landiscon will score a goal and McKinnon they'll both score tomorrow you can even parlay an abs win in there you'll probably get like plus 700 odds landiscon has been on a mission. McKinnon's been on a mission. If you're gonna throw a Lightning player down, though, no, Kucherov is due to score. This is a little too much hockey talk, but Kucherov, Landiscon, and McKinnon parlay
1: two of those together, it will hit. All right, I'm gonna give my official prediction. Jace, do you want to just throw one out there?
3: I'm
2: gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep the good vibes going. Let's go Avalanche. I, every podcaster that I listen to. Uh, during the day at work they're all on the avalanche side as well so you know I'm just gonna jump right on that
3: bandwagon with everybody else.
1: I mentioned earlier I like the villains. Oh my gosh. I do like <laughs> the villains. I love Draymond. I just love I love the, the 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 counter the counter to everything the heel so I'm gonna take the lightning three in six. I think they, they backdoor sweep the Avs. Yeah that would they're be a better back- team as a yeah. series I think series always goes the lightning's way after the second game. So we'll end up seeing, but we're not here to talk hockey. We're here to talk fantasy football. And you know what other website is always down to talk fantasy football. Ooh. Underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy oh, yeah. is one of our presenting sponsors and the presenting sponsor for the episode here today. So underdog fantasy is the best and easiest way for you to play fantasy football. Underdog lets you draft a season-long baseball team in just seconds. Uh, what is basketball, may I ask? Jace, tell me what basketball is. What kind of fantasy football is basketball? Oh, ball? man.
2: Oh, it's, it's the most stress-free fantasy football you can ever play. And, you know, I can talk about it a little bit. You know, have you ever had to choose to start one player over another and then ended up losing you a matchup? That just happened to me in fantasy baseball a couple of weeks ago, and it just – I mean, we put a lot of emotion into this game. It's a big emotional investment. But with Underdogs Best Ball Leagues, you never have to worry about that again. There is absolutely no league management aspects, so your draft is absolutely key. There's no waivers, trades, or lineup setting. Each week, your highest scoring players are optimized to form your starting lineup. So you just draft a team, you step back, forget about all the headaches associated with setting the lineup. Uh, so you can go ahead now, sign up with the code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match for up to $100 in bonus cash.
3: Yeah, I just want to jump in here. I, I mean, you guys know me. I have a whole segment on the show, Trade Corner. But it, it, it's so hard not to trade and best ball and underdog. But I still love underdog. I think it is just so addicting, and it's so easy and user-friendly. So if you're like me, you love trades, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can get into it, just go check it out. That's all we ask. Go check it out. It's an amazing up-and-coming app.
0: Yeah,
1: and I will say, quite frankly, underdog is a presenting sponsor but that doesn't mean that we only say this because they sponsor the show. We we really do thoroughly enjoy the website, just like how we talk about SeatGeek. It's my preferred ticket sales. I just sold some tickets on SeatGeek this week. So any of, thank you. Any of our presenting sponsors here on the monarchy, we actually truly believe in these companies and like them firsthand. We're not here to just cash grab. So with that being said, let's run right into reports. All right, first and foremost, breaking news from the day. Sad day, but you know what? Give it about seven or eight months at this point, and he'll be back. Rob the Keg Gronkowski has officially retired uh, for the second time, and I think three is going to be the magic number. I think he comes back mid-week, mid-season at some point. That's really my analysis on it. You know, somebody drops him, just go pick him up. Like around week four in redraft leagues, go pick him up too.
3: No, I I couldn't agree more, especially in tight end premium. If you're playing in any dynasty leagues, tight end premium, you got rookies that not rookies, but like newbies in the league that are dropping him because they actually think he's retired. He could, he really genuinely could, but you don't want to risk, I guess, too much. Like don't drop like a good player, obviously, but just stash him on your bench. I mean, if he comes back with Brady in the playoff run, he's going to, he's going to win a lot of people championships. So it sounds crazy that he's retiring yet. We're still saying to go pick him up, but you got to be on your toes in fantasy.
0: Yeah, I do have one thing. I feel like uh, I'm not overstepping my bounds here, but if anyone out there owns Cameron Brait, I'm just selling him for anything that that you could possibly sell him for because, like these guys are saying, Gronk could come back. I have a feeling that they're going to end up signing a free agent tight end. could be Peter's favorite, Jared Cook, a little Jared Cook action. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If I could
1: get a creamsicle – Jared Cook jersey <laughs> and him catch a touchdown from Tom Terrific, I think that would make hey. my fantasy... That that would be a top-five fantasy moment for me. If I found out they were wearing the Cream Supply uniforms, you have to start Jared Cook.
0: Yeah, I hope it happens yeah. for you, Peter. I really do, but Thank that's, you, that's, Thank my, you. that's my one take. I mean, if you have Cameron Brait, sell him for whatever you can. I mean... 20-25-3rd?
1: 20, that's
0: what I was thinking. Yes. He did anything. He...
2: We know what Cameron Braid is at this point. He's had his chances in the past.
1: No O.J. Howard.
2: No O.J. Howard. That is a fact. He's on the bill. So let's get some Tim Tebow. Let's get some Tim Tebow to Tampa. I'm, all, I'm Tom, all for it now.
1: Tom to Tim, dear Lord. Tom to
2: Tim. Tim to Tom. Who cares, man? Who cares? You know,
1: you know they would have a package down there with Tim Tebow throwing a touchdown to Tom.
2: Oh, yeah. Motion Tom out to the tight end position. Tim comes flying under center again. Everyone always, you know, just disregards Tom and bam, right across the middle, three-yard touchdown. I'm all
1: I'm for it. What does this do for the other assets there? How Are, you, are we feeling better about Chris Godwin coming off the ACL uh, based on this news and how much more relevant can Mike Evans get? To me, it doesn't do much more for Mike Evans. I mean, he's
3: already locked in Mr. 1K. To me, it honestly, it does the most for Leonard Fournette. I think <laughs> they're just going to ground and pound the rock. I get Gronk could block decently well, but Leonard he wasn't Fournette, there to block. He wasn't there to block. No, he was not, Peter. And Leonard Fournette, they're going to rely on him a lot more in the dump-off game, the short passes. I mean, Brady's underneath target was Gronk. It's going to probably be Leonard Fournette now, I would say.
1: Sorry, what does it do for Russell Gage? Who? Russell Gage. Who's that? This clown. That's how I feel <laughs> about him.
3: The, this is all the, the preseason – the news saying Russell Gage is Tom Brady's favorite target. Three years, 31 million. Jag, man. I'd rather have Christian Kirk catching a rock than Russell Gage.
2: Yeah. So Russell Gage is kind of like my first knee-jerk reaction, but vacated targets usually go to the running back position. So Max, I'm with you. I think this is big time for Lenny. And if Lenny goes down, I mean, it's Rashad White season coming out of the backfield, catching all kinds of passes. So uh, I would definitely be looking to invest in the Bucks backfield this upcoming season. I do think Russell Gage is going to get a bump in targets. Tom's already been calling for him saying it's time for him to have a big season. So I- I'm excited for Russell Gage. Um, I think he's going to be all right until Chris Godwin comes back. But once Chris Godwin comes back, uh, you know, Russell Gage, is he is not Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a very special wide receiver. You know, once he's the third wide receiver on that team, I'm not that interested, I think. If you're closer to rebuilding or being in the middle or like a young competitor and you have Russell Gage, I think this is a great time to go get a second-round pick out of him. Um, I, I don't think you will be that hard-pressed to find someone that will buy that, and especially once we get into the season. He has a good first three weeks. Uh, it's time to sell him if, uh, if, if I own him.
1: All right, that's enough talk about Rob Gronkowski retiring. And again, please, I, I wouldn't use a waiver prio to go grab him, but if he's just addable at this point in time in any of your dynasty leagues just and you have the roster space just pick them up
3: speaking of waiver, um, i, I kind of want to get into that peter i don't think you'd use a waiver priority if i mean aaron Rodgers was sitting on the waivers in a super flex league i mean you have that number one waiver spot and can you just touch on that because it's been a running joke in our league now that the number two spots basically the number one spot because you're never going to give it up i mean what has yeah. to come for you to give up that position peter
1: So for anybody out there, really quick, short story, I got the number one waiver priority in the 2020 season, super late in the 2020 season. Nobody came out that I really enjoyed 2021 season rolls around. I still have the number one waiver priority because we roll our waivers year over year. And I was going to grab Elijah Mitchell off of it. And I realized Elijah Mitchell was picked up two, two weeks prior by a very vigilant owner. So I didn't pick them up there and nobody else just piqued my interest enough to pick up and i never had any need my team is very diverse and very talented so <laughs> i'm just gonna hold on to it until there's some young <laughs> stud that i can pick up off waivers like what like
2: hey i dropped nikeel harry the
1: other day you wanna yeah. you know, come on come hey, on jace i well, <laughs> the, the way that the way that i think about it and any fantasy owner if you do have a rolling waiver if I needed something like, let's say it's the playoffs and I needed like X, Y, Z player, of course I'm going to use it. Right. Yeah. But having that number one waiver priority moving into a season and knowing you're either going to ha- either a have the best waiver pickup of the season or B mm-hmm. have like a necessity deep late in the playoffs and nobody can screw you over about it is, is yeah. very important. So. That so, is true.
2: We play with kickers and defense, too. So that's where, you know, down the exactly stage,
3: That could really come in handy. Before we move into our next point real quick here, Peter, if let's say you're playing me in the championship, which I don't think you'd ever get that far, but let's say you were playing me in the championship. Okay. And I needed like a tight end. And there's like a really good tight end on the waivers. Would you pick him up to block me from getting him? Or are you only using this waiver spot? No, of course. For your
1: own good. You got it. You got to play defense sometimes.
3: Hey, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see that happen. I think that's my favorite scenario: is that you use the tight end, you use a waiver spot, trying to block someone, and then they start someone else, and then they go off. I think that'd just be the most beautiful yep. scenario.
1: <laughs> yep, I can see it happen too. So, all right, that's enough uh, digression on the digression monarchy podcast. Let's move into the dynasty monarchy podcast here and talk about Mr. Deshaun Watson. We spoke on him last week. I feel like he's been a running conversation in the sports genre sphere for the last about a year now. So we won't touch on him for very long, but uh, four settlements are remaining out of the 24 original. So that means 20 of them settled this past week. Doesn't seem likely now that 20 of them have been settled that we will get a full season long suspension. But again, we are not lawyers on here. What is your take? on the longevity of the suspension from the nfl that's coming
3: yeah my quick two cents is that i mean they some guy came out and said that this ruling is not going to have anything to do with the suspension i think the nfl is really just trying to get these cases to go away and they're still going to suspend them and they don't want like when they give them a six to eight game suspension they don't want it to be like oh this guy has 24 things like how like i think they're kind of trying to cover their tracks Or like hey deshaun settle with these people We'll make it happen, and I think there's deals made behind the deals, if you could say that. So The deals
1: within the deals.
3: The deals within the deals, the room where it happens. Like inception. Yeah, like inception, Peter. So I think the NFL is kind of behind the whole thing, and I'm hoping we see a movement here and we get a ruling within the next week or so.
2: Yeah, I don't have much to add. I still think the penalty is going to be pretty harsh. I do think they're going to try to set an example here. But, yeah, no further comment because, I mean, there's still so many things that still need to play out. So we'll just see what happens, and we'll talk about it when it does
1: happen. Super producer, your hot seat. You're competing for anybody that didn't get to listen last week. You're competing in a super flex league, and it just so happens that you have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback too.
0: I do have Derek Carr. um, Oh, you do? I
1: forgot. You made a a big roster. Uh, You made a big trade.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean – like I said, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago going into it, anything under an eight game suspension. And that's, that's a win. Um, not on an ethics standpoint, I'm talking purely fantasy football for my specific team. Uh, that would be a win, but not banking on it. I mean, I, you got to have other plans in place. I feel like if you have Watson on a roster, but like Max said, hopefully we get a resolution to this whole thing. I know Browns fans, Just wants this whole thing to be over with. Just get a ruling so we can kind of look at the schedule and see how we're going to end up finishing. But other than that, I just want it to be over. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt.
1: All right, that's enough talk on Deshaun Watson. So long story short, you're a contender. Hold on for now. If you have other options, I would explore them. But if you're dead set, Keen on him being your starting quarterback it would look like it's going to be eight games or less given everything that I've seen from outside sources at this point with that being said let's move into our divisional breakdown all right we're going to start off our divisional breakdown same way we did it last week going to run over the teams in the division then we're going to give our divisional pick for the winner go over the top finishing quarterback some sleepers along the way when we have consensus rankings so we'll do quarterback running back wide receiver and then tight end uh and then we'll do this again for the afc south on the back end so afc north uh we got the brownies Bengals, ravens and steelers the Bengals won the division last year if i do remember correctly who do we got winning it this year
3: i'll kick us off i mean just It's so hard. I mean, with all the uncertainty going on, but I'm going with the Ravens. I think Lamar is due for an MVP type of year and they're just with their defense at O line, healthy, their running backs coming back. There's really no need to explain. They're the better team.
2: Yeah. Ravens
3: like were kind of my knee jerk
2: reaction. It's the second time I'd use that phrase in this podcast today. I don't know what's up with me, but I want the Ravens to win the division more than I actually think they're going to. I do think they're going to have another year of the running backs. They need to get healthy. They're, you know, they might start on the pup list uh, from a couple of reports. Uh, they're not doing full activities right now, both Gus and J.K. Dobbins. They just lost Marquise Brown. I think that's a big hit for them. I don't know if Rashad Bateman's going to necessarily be able to step in and do th- the things that he could do. So I think the Bengals are going to run it back. I mean, they improved that O-line. They improved the defense. It's Joe Burrow another year removed from his ACL Joe Mixon stepping into his prime age, Shamar Chase here too. I, I just think the Bengals are probably going to run away with it this year.
1: I'm completely on the Raven side just because they're going to sign Antonio Brown. <laughs> like I'm so in on them signing Antonio Brown. I just actually released him in dynasty. It was a very sad day. Um, AB has been a stalwart on my team and, uh, One for uh, heart attack fuel for me, just week over week, not knowing what's going to happen with them. But I I feel like they do address wide receiver in some aspect, whether it is Antonio Brown or somebody else. Um, Julio Jones. They they can't, honestly. Yeah, Julio Jones. Who knows? Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. Odell. I, I would. I wouldn't love Odell there. I feel like they need a more like slot spread the field guy like A. B. I don't know. I, I think that the Bengals cannot repeat. They're gonna have some Super Bowl hangover. Uh, Joe Burrow will be exposed for being like an above average quarterback and not like the second coming of Jesus. So I, I'm all in on the uh the Ravens winning the division. I'm glad we Without, finally agreed
3: on something, Peter.
1: <laughs> I, I have a I have a very hefty bet out there for anybody. Came home one night and was uh Under the influence of alcohol, but I was cooking up a a parlay and I have an eight team parlay, all eight teams to win their division, and the Ravens are my AFC North pick. All right.
3: All right.
2: Ten Ten
1: to win eight grand. Money where your mouth goes. (laughs) Ten dollars to win eight grand. uh, All of them hit. I'm projecting six of them hit, and I just get demolished by injuries on two of them. The two, we'll see, but. Don't know who they're going to be yeah. exactly, but I'm pretty confident the Ravens win the division. So now we're going to move into our uh, positional breakdown by the division. So we're going to talk about what quarterback, uh, perfect world, is going to finish with the highest fantasy amount of points. So Max will lead it off with you.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you said uh, perfect world because I- I'm going really bold here. I you guys might think I'm crazy. I just think Deshaun Watson and that offense with that line and the running backs and i get he only has amari cooper and david bell and his receivers homer it pick it is a homer pick peter <laughs> it is but i think that deshaun I, I did say lamar could win mvp but from a fantasy perspective just I, I want it to happen so bad i mean it's it is a homer pick 100
2: yeah watson i just i stayed away from i have no idea if he's gonna play or anything like that so even in a perfect world, I still think that's a run-first team with, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Deshaun hasn't played in a while. We've got to get used to new weapons. Some people think Amari's he's washed. Uh, my pick's Lamar. I think, you know, the loss of Marquise Brown definitely hurts from a passing standpoint, but I do think that means he's going to have to run a lot more uh, than he necessarily wants to. So I think Lamar is due for a giant resurgence season. Uh, we know that connection with Mark Andrews that he's got going, Rashad Bateman, hopefully he can take a step up. But uh, I think Lamar is just going to be scampering
1: all over the place this year. Yeah, personally for myself, I, I see Lamar as well. The Joe Burrow truthers out there, they can, they can speak. And you know what? He might finish as the top quarterback, and I end up eating my words. But he really wasn't that spectacular in the playoffs. Uh, I know they don't play a playoff schedule, but they will be playing a first-place schedule this upcoming season while the Ravens will be playing, like you guessed it, a last place schedule. So the Ravens, in my opinion, are going to have the best option at quarterback in Lamar Jackson for the fantasy. The rushing upside, and I really don't think that the passing can get much, much worse than it was last year. He was really hurt, and I think he takes a step forward this season. Uh, does he emulate his MVP-type season? Who knows there? But I think the rushing is, is going to be absurd for Lamar this year. Inside the divisional breakdown, we did get some questions from Twitter about this. Uh, we have somebody, Matt Driscoll, from Twitter. Matt Driscoll wanted to know about the quarterback battle, Trubisky versus Pickett, and what we're thinking at this moment.
3: Right now, I mean, I think Pickett. I, I don't know why, but I think that they used a first-round draft capital pick on him. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a talented quarterback. We've seen what he did in Chicago. Then he went to be a backup on uh, Buffalo. Give me Kenny Pickett, man.
1: How many starts does each of them have? Let's see that.
3: That, Um, That's tough.
2: I think Trubisky's going to end up starting out of the gate, but I do think, you know, he feels the pressure bearing down on him. He's got a first-round quarterback nipping at his heels. I feel like Trubisky's going to start the first four to five games, and then the rest of the way they're just going to say, Kenny, take the reins, brother. Let's see what you uh, you can make happen. So I think
1: Kenny starts more games, but I bet Trubisky comes out of the gate starting. All right. Um, and then beyond that, we did receive another question from Twitter talking about Joe Burrow. Do we see Joe Burrow inside the top seven, inside or outside the top seven quarterback? Right now, I think he's getting drafted as the quarterback six on the year, if that's correct. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah. Quarterback so, six on Fancy Pros, ADP. Is this six-point passing touchdown or
1: four-point? Four-point.
3: Outside the top seven,
1: 1,000%. I'm kind of with yeah. you. That schedule is uh, brutal. I think-
2: I think he's outside the top seven, six point or four point. I just, you know, they got Joe Mixon. They got a good line. I'm sure they still want to protect Joe Burrow. I I think they're going to be a really balanced offense. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to have to be highly, highly efficient to beat out some of the guys that I like, you know, after the top five quarterbacks, I, I just think he's going to be closer to that eight to 10 range than top seven.
0: Yep. Another point too, I was just looking at uh, his schedule and for his playoff schedule for this upcoming season, he's got Tampa Bay, New England, and then Buffalo and Buffalo kind of gave up a lot of yards kind of towards the end of their season or no, it's actually in Cincinnati. That's my bad, but that's, that's three pretty elite defenses. So I don't know, take it for what you want.
1: Joe Burr, more like it. Good one. That's clever, Peter. Let's move on to running back here. So which running back are we going to predict to have the largest fantasy outcome for this season out of the AFC North? Easy
3: answer. Nicholas, Jamal, Chubb, man's a machine. They're going to – they have to get – they don't have to, but I don't see them keeping Kareem Hunt on the roster. He wants an extension. That's a side story. If Nick Chubb is healthy and he can get the bulk of the carries with that offensive line, let's even go with a hypothetical that Deshaun Watson suspended. They're not going to have Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball more than twenty times a game. They're going to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. So, give me Nick Chubb, easy answer.
2: Yeah, for me, I I think Joe Mixon is going to be the top fantasy getter here in the AFC North. I I did kind of go back and forth between him and Najee Harris, but that offensive line in Cincinnati is going to be so much better, and Najee's going to get plenty of volume. But at the same time, he just lost he just lost Big Ben, who we know all too well was just kept, you know, receive the snap and then check it down to Deontay Johnson or toss it over to Najee Harris. And you know, Trubisky can run. Kenny Pickett's athletic. I don't think they're going to check it down half as much as Big Ben was. So, Joe Mixon, I think he's stepping into his prime here on a good team. I think he's going to have a lot of red zone attempts. Um, hopefully, he just stays healthy. If he does that, I think it's it's his uh, RB position to win.
1: I'm split here between Joe Mixon or Chubb. I'm definitely not taking Najee. He had a great rookie campaign, and I don't want to take anything away from him about that. Actually, Steve, one of the guests that we had on our pod, writer for FF off, submitted a question about Najee. We'll get to in a second. But if it's me, personally, I think I got to go Joe Mixon. I'm an offensive line baby, as you know. Always pick the players that have the better offensive lines. It's going to more than likely than not project their future outcome to be better. Like look at Zeke on those great Dallas offensive lines all these years. And even last year when he looked like a dead man walking produced a top six fantasy finish. So all the elite, elite offensive linemen produce, uh, end up producing elite running backs outside of most likely Philly, just because they mix in so many running backs and and the quarterback runs like crazy there too. I'm going to pick Joe Mixon revamped offensive line. I think they're going to want to take some off of Joe Burrow's shoulders a little bit more this upcoming season. Joe Mixon's perfect for that, but we need to make sure he's mixed on the field and not mixed off the field with all these injuries that he's used to. Last year was an outlier year for him, being insanely healthy, so we'll see if he can repeat.
2: One thing that I I heard on a podcast today uh, from someone else who heard Joe Burrow talking on a podcast, he was saying that they want to be less dependent. Yeah, no doubt. Joe Burrow was saying that the Bengals wanted to be less big play dependent moving forward um, into this upcoming season, which for us, it's like, ah, come on, man, we love watching the Jamar Chase bombs and the T Higgins bombs and the Joe Mixon, you know, screens around the end that go to the house and stuff, but they want to be a more conservative kind of time crunching offense. So, I mean, hopefully for fantasy, we don't see that. But I mean, if that is the case, Joe Mixon is due for a lot of
1: a lot of grounding and pounding, if you will. All right, let's get to Steve's question here. Steve, Steve from FF Faceoff uh, was on our pod two or three weeks ago at this point. Great, Art great, Vandele. great podcast. If he didn't listen, Art Vandelay, yes. If you didn't listen, go take uh, go take a look. It was with uh, Steve Rand's bottom. He said, "Will yep. Najee see fewer snaps this year, and are we concerned with him? We know everything that came out in the press, but or, do you actually believe he's going to see less snaps?"
3: I think he'll see less snaps, but I'm not concerned with him. I, I think he put on some muscle in camp. I believe um, the amount of snaps that he got last year and the amount of touches was absurd, like insane. I think he had a hundred percent of the snaps his first week playing. I could be wrong though, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. Sees less snaps. I'm not concerned though.
2: Yeah. I'm not concerned either. If he's getting taken off the field, it's going to be meaningless, you know, third and 12 situations and different things like that. I mean, that, that running back room, I think Benny Snell is the next guy up. And it's like, <laughs> I'm a Kentucky guy. I love Benny Snell while he was in Kentucky, but Benny's slow and stiff and uh, you know he's a good goal line back, if you will. But Najee's gonna be out there for the most important snaps. Uh, he's gonna get the goal line work, he's gonna get the check downs when the time comes. He's gonna get the the vast bulk of it. So I, I'm not worried. I think this is a honestly a great time to go buy low on Najee if people are freaking out about this.
1: Here's the thing though, does he does he Benny Snell bad?
2: Oh, funny, no. <laughs> funny.
1: Or does he, no. Benny, smell good? We'll
2: see. Benny I- Snell never sees the field, so he probably he probably smells pretty good, man. He's probably still reeking of that cologne and deodorant.
3: The one thing I will say though that does worry me about Najee is this is a Dynasty podcast, as we all know. His age—he's 24 years old in his second season. I mean, yeah, that is that's pretty old for a running back. I get. Yep. Didn't play much at Alabama, less wear and tear on the tires. But if he has another season where they give him 300-plus touches, I'm selling off after this year, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: It's like back to school. You ever see that movie, Rodney Dangerfield? No. It's like a grandpa goes back to college with his grandson. That's Najee. (laughs) He was a a grown-ass man, you know, taking class, bio 101 with 17-year-olds.
2: Right. Yeah, that is Najee, man. I mean, hey, Rashad White's not too far behind him. We love him, but he's also an old fella as well.
1: And Josh Jacobs, 24. Been in the league for like four years. 24, 25. Bro, DJ Moore is still 20. God, I know, right? That's that's the old meme. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good when we're talking about running backs in the division. Really quick temperature check. Ravens and Browns backfields. Uh, just the splitting of the workload. I think Ravens backs. back. It's going to be a, a shot in the dark there. Um, and then the Browns, you know it's always going to be Nick Chubb leading the charge. And then uh, Kareem Hunt will have his days if he ends up staying, but I doubt he does.
3: Couldn't said it better myself, Pete. Yep. I like
2: uh, – if you can go get Gus Edwards for a third-round pick, I would go do that. I do think he's going to have bus. some pretty nice value. I, I, The last time we saw him, he was – very efficient, got a good amount of work. If anything ever happened to JK, he was were slower to recover, you're getting yourself, you know, a potential starting running back on a run first offense uh, for a third round pick. So I would be going to send out offers. I got them on waivers. Yep. And if you can find them on waivers, I would use your claim on that one.
1: All right. We're going to move on to wide receivers of the AFC North. Now uh, Max, start us off.
3: I, I... I mean, the, the easy answer and the obvious answer is obviously Jamar Chase. What he did as a rookie was absolutely incredible. I just don't think he can produce it. I think there's more coverage on him, and that's why I'm going with T. Higgins. I mean, Jace Ooh. is probably the biggest T. Higgins stand out there, and I think T. Higgins, his touchdowns are going to go up. He's, if he can stay healthy and the double teams go on Jamar Chase, what's he, I mean, we, I don't think Joe Burrow is that good of a quarterback from fantasy perspective but he can sling the rock, man, and T can get open. He's got the height, and I think his touchdowns go up, so I'm going with T.
2: Yeah, I I love the T Higgins pick. You know, he just had labrum surgery over the offseason, was playing with a busted shoulder all season, Um, and even towards the back half when he was struggling with that injury, he was still just putting up monster performances, so I've always thought T was the possession getter, like the possession ball guy in that offense, the target getter, if you will, Um, so I, I could totally see that happening, but At the end of the day, upside is pretty much always what I chase in fantasy. I want guys that are going to win me weeks. I think Jamar Chase, we all know, he can definitely do that. I think at the end of the year, those big boom games, those big two, three touchdown games, you know, however many yards he puts up, I think that'll put him ahead. But I do think it is going to be close between him and T. I think they're both
1: going to be splendid uh, wide receiver ones either way. In my opinion, I think it's going to be Chase. I think we've seen Justin Jefferson 2.0 come through. Whether or not he finishes as a top five fantasy wide receiver this season, that's to be determined. But I do think that he leads the pack in this division. The only exception I would say is if Amari was out there for the full year with Watson, I think it would be close. Just because T and Chase, they they feed off of each other. uh, And they can't get all the targets every game. So – I think if Watson was out there for the full year, I would pick Amari uh, as kind of like an outsider. But uh, for the season, I'm going to pick Chase and uh, and play it safe. With that being said, we got one Twitter submission. Where will Rashawn Bateman finish this season relative to the AFC North wide receivers?
3: It's tough. Like when I was going through these in my head, it's like you don't know, like with Amari and Deshaun Watson, you don't know what's going to happen in Pittsburgh with their quarterbacks. And then you got Bateman who's ADP and everyone is just, I mean, they're creamsicle jerseys overing him. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy <laughs> it's what they're true. doing for Rashad Bateman this off season. I mean, they're valuing him as a top 20 dynasty asset. It really, it depends. Like I, I can't really give a ranking. I mean, if I was to rank him in the AFC North wide receivers, I'd probably put him at five, honestly, man.
2: I think amongst the AFC North guys, the Deshaun Watson thing makes it really hard for Amari Cooper, but let's say in a perfect world, Deshaun plays, uh, I'd probably put him fourth Fourth. I could see him outscoring Deontay Johnson. I don't necessarily love the way that comes out of my mouth, but I, I could see it. If he really does take a step up, I could see it. But overall, I, you know, Rashad Bateman, like you said, people are clamoring over this guy right now. I, uh, I don't think he's going to make it inside the top 24. I just don't think he's as good as Marquise Brown. I get he's safe, but he just doesn't have that electricity about him. I think he's just kind of a plain possessional guy. I don't – it just – he doesn't have that top-end ability um, based off of my eye test and some of the stats that I've seen. So, you know, overall, I think he's going to finish right outside the top 24.
1: All right, moving on. We're going to take a look at tight ends now. Uh, I think it's not crazy to assume that we all think Mark Andrews is going to finish as the top tight end, uh, which I know we all already do. Literally two seconds on Mark Andrews, and then we'll go into sleepers. Let's say Andrews you know, has to miss some time during the year. Who can maybe assert themselves as the second best tight end in this division? You, you I feel like you should talk on Mark
3: Andrews. I mean, that's like your boy, Peter. Even though you've traded him to me more times than not, um, I have zero
1: shares of Andrews now.
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of getting concerning how much you've traded to me. I overpay for him every time, but I love doing it. This is true. Uh, but I want you to touch on Mark Andrews. He's your boy, Pete.
1: Yeah, I'll talk about Mark Andrews. Being able to find consistency in fantasy football is what everybody looks for. Tight ends and wide receivers are extremely inconsistent assets. And when you can find one that has a consistency score of like, let's say 80%, 80% of games, they're getting you the exact same score. I don't care if they're terrible. At least you know what they are. I don't care if it's Jared Cook where you know once every four games, he's going to put up like 18. And then every other game, he's going to put up 8 to 10.
3: No, Jared Cook's putting up like 2 to 3 and then some games (laughs) 10.
1: Well, look, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my end. Yeah. yeah. But but the consistency is what's most important at the tight end position and knowing what you're going to get every single week. uh, I know like a big thing. There's always Colts tight ends on the waiver wire. Doyle, Mo Cox is always on the waiver wire at some point during the year. And then Trey Burton, when he was there, they had like three tight ends working and you just never know who is going to get it. One week, one guy would grab two touchdowns. The next week he would get five snaps. That's not what you're looking for at tight end. Mark Andrews, insanely consistent, the number one target in that offense, still 26 years old for Dynasty. Right up there with Kyle Pitts, I'd give Pitts like the tiniest edge fantasy value-wise, like the absolute smallest. But if Pitts has, I wouldn't say a stinker of the year, but a disappointing year, and Andrews has another incredible year, there is no way around Andrews being the number one overall tight end asset. For me in particular, and I know Max is just going to use this against me if I want to grab him, Andrews is effectively the most consistent tight end you're going to find outside of Travis Kelsey. But Travis Kelsey is 33 years old. Um, So to have a 26-year-old guy who potentially has four years more of production with three more elite years, uh, let's just say conservatively three more elite years, uh, tied to Lamar Jackson and tied to being the number one option that offense uh, the sky's the yeah. limit for Andrews. Yeah. And it, I think that's all that really needs to be said about him. No, it, it really is. And like, I, I,
3: he's that kind of guy that you could be rebuilding, you could be competing. Andrews fits both windows. He's 26 years old, like you mentioned. I mean, let's be, let's just be completely frank. Who knows if like the world will still even be around in three years? I, I mean, I hate when like I try to trade Andrews to someone. They're like, oh, he doesn't fit my window. I'm like, dude, he fits the, in every window. He fits
1: every the window. man is water.
3: He's literally 26 years old. It's not like I'm trying to trade you, Kelsey, who's like 33. I mean, I get Kelsey is just an enigma. He's out there. He's different. But if Andrews can do that, and even like that's seven years, Peter, you gave three years of elite level. I mean, I think four to five is more reasonable, honestly. So we'll see what he can do. But he fits every window. And I do agree. He's right under pits for me that mark and yep.
1: mark andrews is water man he takes he takes the shape of the container he's in mm,
3: i love that no that's perfect
2: yeah uh real quick you, you mentioned you know if we had any breakouts any sleepers i i love david Njoku's opportunity they just gave him the bag i just think that offense one i talked about it earlier plenty of people think amari's washed hasn't put up like a you know relevant fantasy season in quite some time hasn't passed the eye test in quite some time Uh, For some people, I'm not necessarily in that camp, but I also don't think he's a true dominant alpha. I think that offense uh, with Deshaun Watson will be able to support a very solid number two, whether that's David Bell, Donovan Peoples-Jones, or David Njoku. I think someone's going to step up in a big way and produce. And if it's David Njoku and he becomes the true number two and he's running routes downfield and making athletic plays, I mean, he could just be an absolute stud coming out of nowhere. So David Njoku is well worth a second round pick in my mind. You know, if you got some kind of like Naheem Hines or JD McKissick, those are two guys on my team, for example, kind of one of those uh, fringy backup running backs right now, I would send one of those guys over for Njoku in a heartbeat and just kind of see what happens because the number two in that offense is going to mean something for fantasy.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And just real quick, I know we're touching on the sleepers here. Mine's Hayden Hurst from the Bengals. Um, he's made a really good impact so far in OTAs. And so far with Joe Burrow, I think he's developed some good chemistry. If T and like everyone's going to be keen on Jamar, they could be keen on T as well. Hayden Hurst, we forget that two years ago was the tight end nine with Matt Ryan. So if he could do that with Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons offense, he could do that easily
1: in Cincinnati. I think it's crazy here. We're all going to list different tight ends. I'm all in on Fryer Moose this year. The rookie quarterback narrative, the dump-off narrative. Mitch Trubisky, obviously not the greatest thrower. Pittsburgh Steeler offense, very dump-happy. So I can see Fryermuth not finishing as a top three tight end or four tight end, but in that five to seven range, if everything falls right for him and Pickett leans heavy on him. And Trubisky even, you know, maybe finds – a way to target him in the end zone a little bit more
2: yeah that is true i mean Farmi showed it i think there's a lot of mouths to feed with a bad quarterback either trubisky or the rookie but hey i mean someone's got to step up and maybe it's him so big ben loved him maybe one of these guys will
1: this is very big for me i'm a very uh spiteful person when it comes to fantasy football and players not in real life a lot of people Know XYZ, everybody has people do them wrong. I'm, I'm easy to forgive, but not in fantasy football. I always remember. Robert Woods is always on my SHIT list uh, <laughs> for the amount of times that he screwed me over. But Pat Fryermuth screwed me over in the fantasy championship. My me and my father's big money league he screwed us out of a couple grand. Um, just needed five points from him in the last week and he couldn't get it for us. And needed, yeah, for me to say that, for me to say that actively that I believe in him this upcoming season, that says a lot, it says a lot coming from me. Uh, the, the fantasy spiteful king myself. So I'm all in on fryer and those easy dump off targets. All right, let's move into the AFC South. Texans, Jaguars, Titans, and Colts. Titans winning division. Colts with the absolute collapse at the end of the year to the Jaguars. Uh, sorry, Colts fans out there. Who do we got winning?
3: Give me the Colts, man. Matty Ice, comeback story, better offensive line, good defense. Titans lost AJ Brown give me the Colts baby yep I am right
2: there on the same train they were a Carson Wentz away from make it into the playoffs last year I think Matt Ryan's the difference maker someone with a ton of experience someone with a ton of playoff experience I I, I think Matty Ice is going to take them to the promised land this year not not, not the ultimate promised land but uh he's gonna let them win this division
1: I can't believe the Walsh Jesuit graduates out here. Nick C., you included, aren't going to pick the Tennessee Titans. Coach Mike Vrabel, proud alum of ah, Walsh Jesuit.
3: He, he, ah, Mike V. They got no one, man. They got no
1: one noteworthy. They lost one guy. They lost a big Who player. they didn't? They lost one guy who they didn't have for half of the year last year and wasn't productive in the other parts. And I'm David all in on the coach Titans it. winning it again this year. Mike Vrabel goes back-to-back coach of the year, renamed the league, two-time NFL coach of the year, Mike Vrabel Dynasty League.
3: If that happens Peter,
1: I'll pay for your buy-in the next year. Whoa. Nick, see, write it down, baby. <laughs> all right. With that being said, Max, Jace, they have the Colts. I have the Titans. So I hope I'm right for my large bet I mentioned earlier. All right, so let's run into quarterbacks here. Max, what do you got winning the, uh, the division at quarterback? I never thought I'd
3: say this, man, but Matty Ice. I, yeah. I hated him in Atlanta. I really did. Um, they don't really have many options. They got Michael Pittman. They have Alec Pierce. But what they have in Indy that they didn't have in Atlanta is a good offensive line, a competent head coach, and a guy that wants to prove something in Matt Ryan. So I'm going with Matt Ryan. Honestly, like if I'm in a super flex league, I don't mind him as my quarterback too. It sounds just absolutely crazy, but for his value and the things that he's going to do in Indy, I think it's going to be a really solid season
1: for Matt. I'm going to clip that because I get yelled at for having Matt Ryan as my quarterback too.
3: I've come around (laughs) on him. I really have. I almost sent you a trade for him the other day he's really, he's not bad. Like I think for, as a competitor to have him as a quarterback too, he could have some really solid weeks in a really trash division.
2: For me, I got Ryan Tannehill. I get that he just lost AJ Brown, but he did get Robert Woods. He's got Traylon Burks coming along for his rookie season. The biggest thing here is that Ryan Tannehill is a non-zero in the rushing department. He gets his annual six touchdowns per year. However many yards, I I I think that's going to end up being the biggest difference maker. I think he's due for a nice little resurgence here. I think he feels the people chirping uh, in the back of his mind. They want Malik to start. They want Malik to start. I don't think Tannehill is going to let that happen. I think he's a really solid NFL quarterback, and uh, I I think he's due for a good year. He's going to keep Malik uh, off the field.
1: Is this the Kirkland Brand Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love situation?
2: Yeah, the Kirkland Brand. Yeah, honestly, it's a, you know, gives me some like Jimmy G, Trey Lance vibes, except for the fact that, you know, Malik was taken in the, you know, what, third round, second round, and Trey was taken in the early first. So I I just think he's due to, I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's, uh, he's on a good team to play with a chip on his shoulder. I feel like all those Tennessee guys play with one. So I I think he's due for a big resurgence season.
1: Yeah, myself, I'll go with Matt Ryan. I just think Mm -hmm. the offensive line is insanely competent. Again, offensive line, baby. Matt Ryan last year had literally zero help on that offensive line. Had Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage, and that's about it, as the only notable players on that offense. Cordero Patterson tried his hardest to do his best LeBron impersonation, to just carry that offense, and he just couldn't. So, So I think Matt Ryan will have a good year. Michael Pittman be on a look at. A lot of people have him undervalued on their fantasy teams. Send out a feeler for Michael Pittman. Please, please, please send out a feeler for Michael Pittman. Now that we've gone over the quarterbacks in the division, I did want to just touch on something for a really quick note. Who do you guys think is going to have a better fantasy finish? I'm not saying NFL finish, fantasy finish this year. Davis Mills, Davis the General Mills, or Trevor Lawrence?
3: Trevor Lawrence. I think this is his make or break. I don't think it's his make or break year. I shouldn't say that because it's only his second year. They have a new offensive coach. They have a new coach. They have a whole new system, a competent coach. I don't think Dougie Mills is the answer at all. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the second coming of Peyton Manning. Give me Trevor Lawrence, man.
2: Yeah. I love, I love, love Dougie Mills. I love saying his name like that. I just, I I really do love him. He slept on, came out, balled out, did his thing, provided for us in fantasy. But Trevor Lawrence, kind of like Ryan Tannehill. He's a non-zero in the rushing department. I think that's going to carry him a lot of the ways. Christian Kirk, too. I know he was probably overpaid, definitely overpaid. But, hey, he's probably the best weapon that he's had over there in Jacksonville. So they they did try to go out there and make some moves uh, to make that team, you know, to, to give him a better supporting cast. And I think they did an all right job at that. So I, I think it's going to be Trevor.
1: Yeah, personally, I think it's going to be Trevor as well. But it's just hard to root for those jerseys and that uniform and the color scheme. It's just (laughs) nothing against Jaguars fans, but it just grosses me out. Just do better. Do better with the uniforms, Jacksonville.
2: Urban didn't help either.
1: No. No, not at all. The stink of Urban. Urban liar. Yeah.
3: And I I really (laughs) do think ETN plays a big role in the passing game.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could see it. Look, I think I'm not ready to buy in on ETN. I'm going to wait for some camp hype to reassure me. And then I'd be more than willing to pay for a little bit of a premium just to hear that everything's going well down there. Because it seems like from the last year, the reporters are pretty on point with what's going on down there in Jacksonville. So sure. we'll see. Yeah. Um, moving forward, talking about running back, who finishes as the top fantasy finisher for you, May?
3: Um, I think we all have the same answer here. I I do not you don't oh yeah I I know where Peter's going wow okay I mean yeah I guess that's fair I'm going with Jonathan Taylor he just with that offensive line and that system we touched on their lack of receivers with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce you got to go Jonathan Taylor I I know who you're going to go with Peter but give me give me Jonathan Taylor
2: I think I know where Peter's going Peter can you confirm or deny that it's Derrick Henry
1: Um, if it was somebody else, I would hope that you'd kick me off the podcast. I hope super producer Nixie would stop (laughs) emailing me, the show Uh, (laughs) doc. Cut my access to the Twitter account. Yeah. So it's gonna be Derek Henry for me.
2: At first I was considering Derek Henry as well. I was contemplating does he got another one in him? Does he got another crazy year in him? But for me, I I do think the loss of AJ Brown and kind of like the revamped passing offense is gonna hurt Derrick Henry in the way that their defenses are really good and to be able to just stack the box, especially at the beginning of the season. Whereas, you know, Indianapolis, they got Matty Ice, who we know can just spread the ball around all over the place. He can definitely game manage. He's been a, an elite pocket passer his entire life. So now he's just being asked to game manage um, and just kind of keep the defense honest. So I think JT's about to feast. I always worry about him overall just because he's not a pass catcher uh, per se. And they do have Naheem Hines, who is – a very solid pass catcher. So, you know, overall, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be spending the number one overall pick on him and redraft or in dynasty or anything like that. But I do think as it pertains to the AFC South here, I think it's going to be JT.
1: Yeah. I, I'm all in on Derrick Henry this year. Uh, a lot of people know that I am competing. He's my RB one, in the competing league dynasty, dynasty perspective. Who would I rather have? Obviously Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm not a maniac, but just for this season, I know Derrick Henry is going to get all the workload at running back. There is nobody around him that is going to get a singular touch at running back if he is healthy. So I'm all in. His injury last year doesn't scare me, but it doesn't make me feel super happy. But I feel like Jonathan Taylor this upcoming season, he has the great offensive line. He has everything that he needs to succeed, but I've only seen it burst once. And he had like a little stretch at the end of his rookie year. So I think Jonathan Taylor is a great asset. Do not get me wrong. And I think he's a top three running back finisher, but he just so happens to be lined up with Derrick Henry, who is going to get a load of work. If you thought Najee Harris got a lot of work last year, oh boy, look out. Derrick Henry's about to get, they're about to run the, the tires off of him this year.
3: They, they do that every year, so I can't wait to see them.
1: No, they're, like, I think it's going to be way worse this year. I think they are literally going to run him into the ground. This might be his last productive year.
3: How does that not scare you as, a, as an owner, Peter?
1: Because I'm pushing the chips in. I'm respect. ready.
3: Game respect game, for sure.
1: And I got him for really cheap. So, like, if I do, you know, potentially, quote, unquote, ride him to zero, which could happen this year, you know, it could happen to any player at any given time, but definitely more likely for henry this year i'm perfectly fine with it i got him at a good deal i'm making a push in it's like uh you know you have the advantage in a certain game and it just doesn't work out you know that's that's odds that's betting so you know you just got to tip your cap and walk away all right moving on to wide receivers max let's hear your pick
3: yeah i mean it's i mean when you, when you look at this division it's it's so gross all around but it really is like- I went with Michael Pittman. Everyone's going to think I'm like a Colts-like bandwagon fan. I just think it backs up my statement of Matt Ryan having a big year. Michael Pittman, wide receiver 17 last year, I believe it was. You get a quarterback that's better than Carson Wentz. I know Matt Ryan's not that much of an upgrade, but my options were slim pickings in this division. So I'm going with Michael Pittman. I think wide receiver, year three is where they really break out. And I think his upward trajectory is what I'm liking.
1: His trajectory, I like that. Was that not English? Okay. Upwards trajectory, but a trajectory, a projected upward trajectory.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Say that five times fast.
1: <laughs> projected up. Uh, no, never mind. I'm not going to go for it. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go with a
2: little sleeper pick here, kind of old steady, if you will. Brandon Cooks, I think he's going into a second season with Dougie Mills, who we just talked about. And we saw Davis Mills be able to support relevant fantasy wide receivers. He made Brandon Cooks a very solid producer for fantasy. And I think Brandon Cooks is just kind of one of those guys that each and every year, kind of ever since he had those really bad concussions, everyone's just kind of counted him out. And then all he's ever done is just be a top 12 to top 14 guy, depending on your format. So I think it's going to be all reliable doing the same things that he always does. And I think he just edges out Michael Pittman.
1: Yeah. So for me personally, Jace, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like I think about it like this, everybody that goes to Disney, I'm particularly not a Disney adult, but I know a lot of people out there love it and I'm not going to shame, but when people go to Disney, Something that they always mention is, oh, you know, we got to see the new Star Wars ride. Oh, we got to do the new Buzz Lightyear ride that they built. And it's like cutting edge technology for Disney. Sometimes all you want to do is go on Tower of Terror. It's been there forever. It's always consistent. Always gives you a good time. When a lot of the newer stuff, sometimes it doesn't give you the exact oomph that you, that you love. So mm-hmm. I think of Brandon Cook's the exact same way. He has... Proven it year over year. He's a great value. I think he does finish as the wide receiver one in the division. Traylon Burks needs some time to get his footing right. I think that Michael Pittman, while being great and young, is still a young wide receiver in this league and won't be as efficient as he needs to be to finish as the number one. Brandon Cooks is going to get the ball a lot from Davis Mills. There is no tight end there to really help. The running back game down there is irrelevant. Who's gonna help him? John Mechie? Like yeah. like, like yeah. they're gonna throw from Nico Collins. Like who like, hello. Brandon Cooks <laughs> just got paid the bag. I really, really, really wholeheartedly believe he believe he's gonna lead the division in targets. Yep. And usually where the targets go is where the points are gonna go, especially in PPR and half point PPR.
3: That was a really good argument, Peter. I will have to give you that one. You kind of yeah. you kinda of swayed me.
2: Yep, they're also going to be chasing a lot of points. Whereas Indy, we picked them to True. win the win the division. And as we know, Jonathan Taylor is the heart and soul of the Indianapolis Colts. They are very run centric offense with that offensive line. You know, <laughs> the Houston Texans are not. So I, I just think from a volume standpoint, it's going to get him there. Pittman, I could I could totally see Pittman eclipsing him, but I think it's going to be based more so
1: on efficiency than volume. All right, we had another. Question submitted uh, by our good friend Steve from FFA. So, how are we feeling about Traylon Burks' conditioning? All the news coming out with his conditioning—Are we buying, selling the news? I think we mentioned it in an earlier episode, but Jason, I wanted to hear your particular opinion on this again. Yeah, I think this
2: is all just fluff right now. I mean, anything that we can find right now—I mean, Marquise Brown likes vanilla ice cream over chocolate, and everyone freaks out. Like, I mean, we're just See, trying vanilla's to vanilla's pick- better. i I, i'm a vanilla guy myself but um you know i think it's super early right now we've talked about this before i'm not going to bang the guy for having asthma pause i i I don't think it's his fault i think mike v is probably running those boys right into the ground i I think he's going to get figured out the dude played sec football for three years and did just fine um scooting past cornerbacks left and right so I'm not worried about it. If people are selling based off of this news, I would certainly be buying. All right, really
1: quick. I wanted to assume something before we really jump into the tight ends here. Let's assume your rookie draft's over. Treylon went 106, right? Ooh, nice value. Just, just, just saying, you know, I feel like his ADP is probably about 104, 105. But let's say one, he goes 106. Owner's getting a little panicked. What are you throwing out there as an offer? Oh baby, superflex? No, just traditional.
3: I mean, I think this is a really good question. I'm I'm excited to hear these answers,
2: man.
1: Uh, Max, I know why you are excited.
3: I, I am. A, I'm a little. I own Traylon, and I'm always open to options.
2: I think I would try to kind of just almost move up in the draft, if you will. Like especially if I landed a sky more Christian Watson. I would try to get as close to straight up as possible, like Sky Moore in two seconds or a second. I mean, if people are freaking out that bad, that's 100% something I would do. If I had a projected mid to late first in the 23 class, I mean, I would still probably send that on over. It's still a whole calendar year until that 23 class develops into what it's going to be. Traylon could just absolutely crush this season with the opportunity presented in front of him and could easily be worth a 23 first plus next season. So I, I think that's kind of something I would be looking to offer. Maybe, uh, you know, if you're uh, a bigger rebuilder and you got someone like Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, uh, those are a couple of guys I have on my squad that I would be perfectly fine sending over for Traylon, And I think that would be quite enticing to the Traylon owner. All right,
1: one one last question on that. Mm-hmm. a lot of people are getting those 2025 first they're getting the itch to sell them would you send a 2025 in like two seconds or 2025 and potentially a 2024 first for Trelon knowing that they're so far in the future I know my answer but I wanted to hear it from the Traylon stand himself giving up two first is
2: always kind of like less than ideal especially like I feel like Traylon's a really good rebuilding piece by himself and so are the the first round picks but yeah i think i would i think i would send a 24 and a 25 first over there to get trail on i think those picks aren't going to be that hard to get back necessarily
3: a hundred percent like how i look at it as your draft just finished you didn't have the 25 picks about 10 minutes ago now you do it literally adds zero value to your team. Trelon, his value is only – I mean, it's not only going to go up because it definitely could go down um, like we saw with Henry Ruggs. But you didn't have the picks 10 minutes ago. Why are you going to hold on to him now? I would, I would send 425 first for Traylon right now <laughs> if, if I had him. I, I, I would send the whole 25 class for Traylon. That's how much I would do it. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm not even that big on Traylon, But I just – I'm not waiting for a kid in high school to graduate college.
2: <laughs> that That is true. That is true. And yeah. And like I said, I think they're pretty easy to get back. And especially with all the hype coming around this 23 class, I think people are going to be kind of like out on rookie picks per se. After the 23 class comes through, I think everyone's going to think the latest greatest just came through and now it's going to be just some meh kind of class. Um, and I mean, rookie fever will come along and everyone will get excited, but, in the long run, I do think those picks are going to be pretty
1: easy to get back. All right. So let's move into the tight end section. We have Max coming up first. Who finishes the tight end one?
3: Dude, I was surprised when – I mean, Peter, I don't know yours because you didn't put yours in the dock, but Austin Hooper, man, on the Tennessee Titans. I saw a report today that uh, Tannehill was building some really good rapport with Hooper. Um, they signed him for about one year, $6 million. We forget that this man – on the Falcons did amazing, amazing things with Matt Ryan. I think Tannehill is pretty comparable to Matt Ryan. So I'm going with Austin Hooper. They lost AJ Brown. Traylon Burks has asthma. Bobby Trees is old. <laughs> Give me Austin Hooper as a security blanket checkdown.
2: Yeah, for me, I got a, a young buck here. Mr. Brevin Jordan about to turn 22 years old here coming up pretty soon. I think, you know, when I'm chasing tight ends, in fantasy or looking for um, tight ends to produce for fantasy, usually want them to be the number one or the number two target in their offense. I don't think anyone really knows who the number two in Houston's going to be. Sure. We just got John Mechie drafted, but he's coming off an ACL tear. Nico Collins didn't show us a whole bunch uh, last season, but Brevin Jordan, I like, caught three touchdowns as a rookie, had a couple nice games. I think he's due for, you know, kind of a David and esque opportunity. I think, the number two spot could be his for the taking. And like we said, they're going to be chasing a lot of points. They're going to be throwing a lot. I think he could end up surprising everyone and easily finishing in the top 10 um, and overall fantasy tight ends.
1: Yeah. In particular, I I love the Brevin Jordan pick. I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about the fact that he exists. I know last year there was at least a conversation uh, towards the end of the year about the guy. Oh, you know, he's coming up, whatever. You're always looking for that potential. And we talk about opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Those are the three O's of uh, fantasy football. Mm-hmm. But just like, uh, like the three R's of investing, it's real estate, real estate, real estate. <laughs> but no, uh, on a serious note about him, you're trying to find opportunity and young opportunity at that to start. If he shows some flashes this year, he's a 23-year-old tight end that showed flashes. Boom, you have an instant second round pick like trade value. He's still yeah, I'm saying instant, today. I'm saying like instant 2023 class second oh, yeah. round trade value. Easy, right? easy money. I love that. I don't know if he's going to finish as the tight end one. Me personally, I have Mo Cox. Um, yeah. I know Matt Ryan had finished with Hayden Hurst, putting him in that like upper echelon. I know I mentioned earlier that the Colts had in particular question marks at tight end with who's going to score X, Y, Z. But I think they're starting to narrow in on Mo alley this upcoming season. Michael Pittman's the one. By no means is anybody else the two in that offense. Jonathan Taylor is going to run the ball a lot. Teams are going to start selling out on Taylor inside the five-yard line. I I think that's the perfect time for the tight ends to slip out X, Y, Z, the play-action pass. Matt Ryan has a track record and a history with tight ends and and putting them in that top six upper echelon. So I'm all in on uh, Mo Alley-Cox this year. And, again, this is a terrible division. If you're starting one of these tight ends week in and week out, I think you might be a little bit suspect uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're a competitor. But, you know, we're always trying to find value in every single aspect of the game. Yep, absolutely.
3: And, Peter, you brought up, like, how they're going to be keen on Jonathan Taylor. That's the same reason I like Hooper. I think on that five-yard line, they're going to be keen on Derek Henry. Yep. Hooper slip out there. Like, all these guys, like, none, like Peter said, If you're starting these guys, we need to have a serious talk, really. Like, I'll break down your team. (laughs) I'll tell you how to get a better tight end than one of these guys um, because you can honestly probably find mm, all three on the waivers. um, So, please don't start them. But they're good value picks, and you could definitely, like, I have learned, like, Jace obviously has Brevin Jordan in our one league, but he has a good year, up-and-coming tight end. Boom, you flip him. Yep.
1: That ROI, baby. No doubt. All right, we're going to postpone the trade corner to next week. Remember, next week, boys and girls, kings and queens, we're going to be going through the NFC East and the NFC West. A lot of star-studded teams uh, in those divisions, so definitely get ready, pay attention, stay tuned, and you know the way you can stay tuned. Nick C., tell them how they can stay tuned.
0: You guys can stay tuned by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. We're on Podbean as well. Yeah. And stay tuned on the Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy Been putting out a lot more content on there. Always looking for your guys feedback on show ideas or if you just want to talk fantasy football. We're always there.
1: Be aware we are coming up on the one year anniversary of the podcast and on the Twitter. We're going to be revealing the jersey that we're giving away. And who knows, maybe during the middle of this episode, we've been bidding on one of them. So we'll see if we end up getting it. Uh, Again, that's at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. And if you uh, failed fourth grade spelling, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on Twitter. Go follow us over there. Jason, Nixie have been lighting it up, putting up polls. Uh, Sooner or later, we're going to be throwing some articles on there as well. Thanks, everyone, so, so much for uh, for subscribing to the pod and follow us on Twitter. And we wanted to thank, again, Underdog Fantasy for being our sponsoring partner for this episode and use our code MONARCHY to get a $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Peace, peace, peace.
3: Tyreek Hill.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at DynastyMonarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.